0: Down the Harland Highway. All right, hold tight on the Harland Highway Show. Harland Williams. Yep, uh huh. That's right. Here we go. You are on the Harland Highway Podcast right here, right now. The only place. You want to be. The only place that really matters. And uh, let's get into it. Shall we? So dainty, so dainty off the top. It's almost like a respectful uh, invite. Shall we? Shall we podcast? Yes, we shall. Why shouldn't we? We shall. I already said we shall. Shall we? Yes, we shall. Um, I got to talk about rescue dogs we all love them we all love dogs we all love critters there's maybe a few people out there that hate dogs there's always somebody that doesn't like something but for the most part there's certain things people like like baby chicks and baby bunnies and dogs right so uh there's a sect of dog called a rescue dog and I don't know where you live I don't know what you do. I don't know who your neighbors are, but I'm going to find out. Um, But I think you've heard the term rescue dog. It seems like everywhere you go nowadays, everyone's got a rescue dog. Oh, where'd you get your dog from a breeder? Nope, she's a rescue dog. Oh, okay. Hey, where'd you get your dog? Uh, From a a pet store? Nope, she's a rescue dog. You don't don't get dogs anywhere else. You got to rescue them. That seems to be the narrative these days, right? You almost feel guilty. You get guilted out if you, if you don't have a rescue dog. And I love dogs, man. I've, I've had dogs, uh, I've had three, four, five dogs throughout my life. I love them. I love the little Jinxons, the little furry freaks. But uh, you almost get the, the look of scorn nowadays if you don't have a rescue dog. If you don't say, oh, yeah, she's a rescue dog, people are like, okay. They give you the De Niro uh, nod of approver. They're like, okay, yeah. But, um, you know, and I, I keep thinking of this term, rescue dog. I mean, rescue is a, is a big word. Rescue is a, a dramatic word, rescue. When you hear the word rescue, you picture a family floating out in the ocean on a rubber dinghy eating each other's legs. You know, barely staying alive. How'd you stay alive out there? Well, on day 324, Billy snatched a flying fish out of the sky with his black scurvy infested gums. And on day 729, we ate my wife. I mean, it—it's it, like the, you know, rescued, rescue, rescue. Uh, you know, it—it it, it kind of uh, paints this picture of uh, someone buried under an avalanche or a, a plane wreckage or a, you know, a, a, a an apartment fire. But then you kind of uncover the bushes for the old rescue dog, and you say, "Well, where exactly did you rescue this dog, fair lady?" Oh, well, he was at the Humane Society, and I walked in, and there he was. He was sitting in a clean cage with a bowl full of fresh food and kibble and clean drinking water, and all the people at the Humane Society were jumping circles around him, making sure he was healthy and giving him his injections and covering him with flea powder, making sure he had a a little blanket to sleep on. I mean... This rescue was so harrowing I had to take therapy. I'm like, w- w- wait a minute. You rescued a dog from a place that sounds uh, almost like doggy uh, hotel, motel type of thing? Oh, no, it was a rescue. If you, if you could have seen the poor little fella's eyes, it was as if he was on death row. He was on the green mile. Take my paw, boss. Take my paw, boss. Right? Remember the guy on the green mile. Take my hand, boss. But now you got like a, a Labrador retriever or a poodle. Take my paw, boss. He's reaching through the cage at the Humane Society. Take my paw, boss. And then he yawns and flies come out. No. No, 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 look, I'm sympathetic towards dogs. I love dogs. I'm sympathetic towards dogs in the Humane Society. Thank God for the Humane Society and shelters that take them in. But let's be honest, a lot of these rescue dogs are coming from these places And, of course, there's a story before they got to the place. Okay, maybe they were abused. Maybe they were chained up in the yard and had no uh, doghouse. Maybe they were malnourished. Sure, sure, that's a rescue. But I don't know. You, You almost get the feeling when people say, oh, I have a rescue dog. Oh, do tell us the story. How did you rescue your dog? Well, I was climbing Mount Everest. And we finally crested after 17 days of 300 below zero weather. We had to fight off 22 yetis and Bigfoots. One of us rolled down the hill and had to climb all the way back up. And when we finally crested Mount Everest, there it was. A little lapsu-apsu and a Doberman pincer and a Dalmatian. They were shivering in the cold. They were standing on the peak of Mount Everest, just shivering in the cold. And in that moment, I knew it was incumbent on me to rescue the little canines. Oh, yes, I bundled them up and I I gave them my own oxygen mask. I could barely breathe. I almost died five times. I put my oxygen on the snout of the, the little apsu lapsu and the Shitsu and the Chihuahua. And I sacrificed my own mortality in order to rescue those dogs from the, the freezing, blustery crest of the great Mount Everest. And on the way down, I punched a Bigfoot right in the twat just to get around it because I had to save my wiener dog from the altitudes of hell. I mean, I don't know. Can we dial back, Can can we notch it down with the rescue term a bit there, Nacho? Can we, can we get the volume switch and dial it back from rescue to maybe, uh, you know, used to be I got this dog from the pound. I think we get it. I think we understand the uh, ramifications and the implications of a dog pound, of a humane society. I think we know that the dogs are kind of lost or on their last legs. And I don't want a bunch of people going, you hate rescue dogs. You don't understand rescue. Yeah, I do. I've had dogs. I love dogs. I know people with dogs. I know people with rescue dogs. I'm just saying, it's starting to to feel a little pretentious, okay? You go over to someone's house and you can't just say, oh, yeah, we, uh, we knew some people down in the valley. Yeah, they're, they're dog, you know, they didn't have them spaded. So, you know, all night long they're out in the yard copulating or having uh, doggy style sex, you know, and they're just pounding away. And next thing you know, you know, one day we're having a barbecue and there's 14 puppies out on the lawn. And we're like, what the hell are we going to do? Hey, let's call up some friends. Hey, you want a puppy? I got a uh, beautiful bulldog and I got a pity. And uh, how about a collie and a poodle? Oh, yeah, my. My uh, my bitch is a little promiscuous. Oh, yeah, we got all kinds of puppies. Come on over and pick one out. Pick out the runt of the litter if you want. You know, that's the way it used to be. Just these fun stories, but now everything's, everybody's so dramatic nowadays. It's like getting a, a dog. You have to go to acting school and become Marlon Brando, you know? Well, let me tell you the story of how I, Rescued ginger snaps here. I was digging underground in, in Egypt. We found an old crypt, a tomb, possibly dating back to 40,000 years before Jesus Christ walked the earth. And as we, as we channeled through the underground tomb in the darkness, nothing but our, our flame torches to guide the way. Suddenly, there in the shadows... There in the shadows beneath the esophagus and the, the, the sarcophagus and the hieroglyphics, we heard a whimper coming from the blackness. We were like, what was that? Could that be a schnauzer? A whippet, perhaps? Perhaps an ancient Egyptian winga dog? And as we persevered through the darkness... There it was, huddled in all the treasure, a dog that had been neglected since before the times of the Son of our Lord, the Holy Lamb, sweet Savior, sweet Holy Christ, Jesus himself. And we picked the little bundle of joy up, and we brought him out into the light, out into the sunlight for the first time in 50,000 years. This little pup had been deprived of all the normal salese, We normal salese, the, the normal sal- I don't know the word, the normally, the, of all the things that we take for granted. Yes, little swizzle tunks, my poor little underground puppy rescued from the catacombs of Egypt. I mean, come on, man. Can you just tell me you picked up the dog over at the mall? Yeah, I was over at the the mall picking up some Victoria's Secrets, and, uh, you know, I went into the Discovery Store and bought a a flashlight that looks like a dinosaur egg, and uh, then I stopped by Orange Julius for the orange juice uh, with the foam on the top, you know, because... I don't like my uh, my orange juice unless it's got a good head on it. And I walk into the parking garage and all of a sudden I passed a puppy mart. Who knew they had a, a dog puppy store right in the mall. And there he was in the window, a beautiful golden retriever, $300. I brought him, I took him home and he had a sip of my orange Julius. He loves orange Julius. Can we have any of those stories anymore, huh? Or a friend had a bunch of puppies and get, do we have to do the whole rescue thing? You know? 911, what's your emergency? Yeah, I've got a puppy down. I think he's having an asthma attack. Can you send someone over who's looking for a dog? I don't want a 911 rescue guy. I just want to get him a good home. So if you know someone that can come over and give my little puppy mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, and if they can revive them, if they can bring the little scamp back to life, it's theirs. So rescue puppy. I mean, it almost makes you want to have a story. If I, if I buy a rescue puppy, you know I'm going to climb up a, a giant redwood uh, put some rock climbing gear on my uh, on my dog, and I'm gonna dangle him, and I'm I'm gonna slowly cut the rope. And I don't want to sound cruel; he's not gonna get hurt, but I'm gonna bring him right to the edge of of disaster. And I'm I'm gonna slowly. How you doing down there, uh, Muggle Wumps? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, you want to come home with that? You want a nice, happy home? Well, I gotta rescue you first. Just oh, there goes another strand. Just one strand left, and then you're gonna drop three hundred feet to the ground. Snip. Oh, I got it. I got the rope. I rescued you, buddy. I rescued you. Right? Or in the middle of the night, you you put your dog in the back seat of your car and light your car on fire? Just so you can go rescue him, hey honey, get the camera. Oh, get the camera! Catch me! A, get me a dragon uh, cornmeal out of the uh, out of the back of the burning Prius here. So good for you if you got a rescue dog, but I don't know. I'm, I'm just hearing it all over the place. Rescue dog, rescue dog, rescue dog. Everything's a rescue, and you can't make people feel guilty if they don't have a rescue dog. Okay? Oh, yo, yo rescue my face with a delicious sizzling coke cola, boy. Oh, man. I mean, that'll rescue just about anything right there. And speaking of rescue, I guess I should rescue your eyes a little bit and uh, peel open the old meat chamber and give you folk a, a little peek of my rescue chest. Uh-huh. Well, now, that's right. Um, and speaking of dogs, which take a lot of grooming, I want to talk about us now. Can we switch gears to the humans? Are the dog people okay if we stop talking about the dogs for a second? Do you think we can talk about us for a minute, please? That's the other thing, man. Dog people, they like to keep the focus on the dog, don't they? Wow they get uh dog people get locked in man and uh you got to you got to watch how you step around dog people um so but let's talk about uh not grooming dogs but grooming people and the reason I'm bringing it up is because this this doesn't happen gang you know this doesn't happen just naturally Let me me try and do some uh, model faces here. Suck my cheeks in. Hello. Can I uh, offer you a cigarette? Or uh, perhaps you'd like to come back to my room and I'll uh, I'll bake you a seven-layer lasagna. Okay. um, So grooming... This this is a tough thing to do and uh it it's probably one of the worst parts of human grooming but where where are these things? Here they are. Oh my god. Let me show you something. Do you see these? Do you see these things? Good lord. Yeah. Tweezers. Tweezers. And you know where these tweezers go, right? Uh-huh. Right up the oh, the old schnoz. And it's part of human grooming. (laughs) Sometimes you got to get in there and do some deep tissue yanking. It's not fun. But, um, you know, I realized when you yank the nose hairs, and we all do it, even if you're girls, I bet eventually at some point you yank the nose hairs. I'll tell you dudes do it. And, yeah, you can buy those little machines and... Whirl around in your nose, the nor- nose tornadoes or whatever they call them. If you really want to get in there and uh, get the hidden ones, you got you to dig around a little with these. And what's interesting is there's only a few things in life that can make you cry, right? There's your emotions, there's pain, there's an onion, and there's these, gang. Right? There are these. Have you ever pulled a nose hair out of your freaking nose? Yeah. Your eyes will start watering almost to me. You might as well be chewing on a Spanish onion. When you go to pluck your nose hairs and you start. You might as well just go eat a a Spanish onion or go to a funeral and flip the lid open and see the stiffy inside or just go step on a nail with your bare feet because you are going to cry. This will make you cry. And I'm telling you guys, maybe you can use it to your advantage. Keep these in your pocket. You know on your jeans you got the you got the two pockets on on the front but then you get that on most blue jeans you get that weird little extra pocket that mini pocket right below your belt line it's always on the right side that's a cool little place you can stash these and the next time you get into it with your girlfriend the next time you have an emotional conversation or uh, an argument Or something, an altercation or a confrontation, and and you want to kind of end it? Or you want her to see that you're sympathetic, or that you're understanding, or that you actually have emotions as a man? Boom. Let's say we pull these out of, let's rename the pocket, huh? The nose plucker pocket. Right? Oh, Oh, yes, honey, I un- I understand, yes. You went to the mall, and, and the dress you wanted was gone, and the-, the shoes you wanted were sold out? Oh, my goodness, excuse me for a minute. I think I have to sneeze. Bing, bing, bing. I'm so sorry, baby. I'm so sorry that the shoes weren't there you wanted. What's that? Yes, I'm crying. We should lay down, and you should rub my naked body and give me a full body massage and then we should make love passionately for hours okay if if that helps you with your shoes yes yes we can do it all night yes what you want to bring your gorgeous model friend too well If you have to, baby, I'm just concerned about your shoes. What? You want to bring her other friend, too? Okay. I'm so sorry the shoes were sold out. Right? Oh, my God. And I'm not trying to be an an a-hole, ladies. But you know, let's be honest, in the dynamic of human relationships, not just the ladies, but men react to tears as well. Women can do this too, if you want. But let's be honest, I think women know how to cry or can be moved to tears a lot easier than men. Men just, it's harder for us. It takes us longer to get there. And so this is a, a beautiful crying tool to keep in your, your crybaby pocket on your jeans. And not just during a relationship. Like I said earlier, what if you're at a funeral? And you go and you didn't really care for the person, like he was your uncle and everyone else loved him, but when you were a kid, he hit you in the head with a frying pan. Or he pushed you in the lake, or he called you a name, and you're at the funeral and you're the only one not crying. And everyone's like, oh, oh, Harry. We all loved Harry so much. Did you love Harry so much, Harland?" Um, uh, excuse me. Oh, yeah, Harry. Harry. I love Harry so much. I love Harry. So. I mean, just, it's just a tip. It's uh, I'm like the new Martha Stewart. I'm like the new Martha Stewart, except I'm not afraid to do this the way Martha Stewart's afraid to do this. And no, I am not plucking one of these. Okay. I will not pluck a chesty. Okay. I'll give you a nosy because that, that serves a purpose that creates emotion. And the human machine is emotional. And I'm just saying, if you need instant emotion and an extreme emotion, like crying, which is hard to manufacture this, but I will not know. This makes me cry. This will probably put me in the hospital in the emergency ward, like a no way. They're longer. They're right in the middle of my chest plate. I think if I pulled one of these out, my part of my face would cave in. I think it would it would collapse. I th- I think these these I don't know how deep into my flesh they go, but I think there's some kind of like a root system like you see in the forest or fungus and moss, how there's a tapestry of of roots and and there's an interwoven plant life freeway underneath the earth's soil. And uh, I start plucking chest hairs, and my uh, moneymaker caves in. Uh-uh, not happening. I'll do it for a fee. But do you think I'm just going to pull a chesty to amuse you? Okay, okay, let's do yeah. Faking. I faked it. Almost as good acting as the rescue puppy acting. Oh, we must get Seymour off the burning building. Oh jump, little chihuahua, jump. What's that? An ice cream truck? Oh, ooh, whoops. Sorry, I missed you, old chum. Um, and speaking of emotions, oh, this hurts, man. Because look we're humans all all of you watching are humans i think you are although there might be aliens amongst us and i'm going to talk about aliens and ufo's shortly but for right now i want to switch gears i want to switch gears in the most german way i want to switch gears and talk about the human emotions we all harbor deep inside and the way i'm going to do this is i'm going to reference the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard trial. Now, I don't know if you've all been watching it. I think we've all seen snippets of it. We've all seen the little uh, clips of it. And I'm not going to retry the whole trial. I'm not going to go through the all the he said, she said. I'll let you draw your own conclusions. But what I'm going to talk about is is beyond and before all the media circus and the legal circus and the the court proceedings and talk about the human emotion side of it. And and it's tough. The the hardest part for me to watch when I've seen little snippets, I'm not watching it on TV, but I see little snippets of the trial when I'm scrolling, if I'm watching Instagram feed or TikTok. There's tons of it. People are obsessed with it. And that's what inspired me to talk about it here today. But the hardest part for me isn't watching Amber Heard's acting and Amber Heard up there, you know, with her theatrics. She's probably angling for a rescue dog. So I'm surprised she's not up there. Oh, Johnny beat me. Johnny did this. Johnny did that. If only I had a rescue dog, I could have made it through. Uh, No, that's not fair. Listen, one thing I will say, and I'm not taking Amber's side or Johnny's side. You know, you never know what the real story is. No matter which way you lean, no matter how sympathetic or how charmed you are by either side, whether you're enamored with Johnny or you're enamored with Amber or you hate Amber or you hate Johnny, you were not there none of us were there and and it's it's hard sometimes because you form your opinions and you pick your sides and you go oh definitely uh, Johnny's the good guy in this and Amber this and that. and you know it certainly in my opinion doesn't look good for Amber there's been a lot of contradictions and all this and that but but none of us know unless you're really there and that's the hard part of this is watching this kind of circus play out of their very, very personal lives, their most intimate moments. I mean, think about it. How many of you people watching would want your private moments like that rolled out for the world to see and ridicule and judge and comment on? Wow. It, it wouldn't be easy and and very private, intimate, passionate moments with, with swearing and yelling and, and accusations and this and that. And you get this whole sordid muddy mess of these two. And of course, they're highly public figures. And you start to wonder, is this whole thing really about finding out who did what? Or is it just really to satiate the public's um, insatiable lust for gossip and soap opera drama and uh, the, the dirty laundry of, of the rich and the famous, or just the famous or the uh, well known? It, it's just, I think we're all a little guilty of, of window shopping, right? We all just kind of go, okay, yeah, okay, I don't mind watching this, as long as it's not me, you know, I'm okay watching these people get literally dragged through the mud, oh, sure, it's their life, you make your own bed, you got to sleep in it, right, but still, us humans have a hunger, a hunger for this, this type of stuff, and it's, uh, it's not a pretty side of us, but here's, where I'm going, where I wanted to end up is the the saddest part of all of this for me. And I think maybe mostly all of us have experienced this. They showed some pictures during the trial where, or maybe they weren't during the trial, but I saw them somewhere. And they were photographs of Johnny and Amber when they first met, when they were madly in love with each other, when, when, that, when the butterflies were inside of them, and, and, and that magical, mystical, velvet coating of love was wrapped around both of them. Right? And you know what I'm talking about. That's an energy you can feel. You can, you can see it. You can sense it. And that's the same with all of us and here's here's photographs and videos of these two hugging and staring in each other's eyes and they're dressed up and they're holding each other and and then those early throngs of love and lust and excitement and need and connectivity and all the, all the great things that love bring and if you've been in love and i hope you have it's probably the best feeling on planet earth i don't know if there's anything better when you're full-on in love. And so to see these people, and let's be honest, two very beautiful people, Johnny's as handsome as it gets, Amber is stunningly beautiful, especially back then when she was a little younger, she was even more beautiful than she is now, still beautiful. And you see these people enamored with each other and in love with each other, and, and we've all been there. We've all been in that moment where you lock eyes with someone and you're in that force field where it feels like you're the only two in the world and, and, and all you see is you with them going forward through eternity and through the rest of your mortal days. And, oh, one day we're going to go to the Grand Canyon and one day we're going to go to Paris and one day we're going to go to Tibet and one day we're going to rescue a poodle off the edge of the universe. Right? Right? And you've got the, the, this energy that you, you can't bottle it. You can't buy it. You can't manufacture it, it. It just comes. And the hardest part of this whole debacle for me was to see that in their faces, that, that beautiful reciprocal love, that, that beautiful emotion channeling between them. And you know what it's like you can't keep your hands off that other person. You're at a restaurant, you got to have your hand on their leg or you got to be touching their arm with your arm or you got to constantly be touching them or you lean in for a kiss or you you say a, an affectionate word. And it just really is so sad because that's how we start off and that's how they started off. And then time ticks by, tick tock. Right, tick tock, and things start to change, and that energy starts to change, and the feelings start to change. And all of a sudden, three years later, 10 years later, 12 years later, here's these two beautiful entities that probably went to bed and woke up every morning thinking, I can't live without this other entity this other mass of molecule and fiber and bone and flesh and spirit and energy, I can't function without them. And cut to now, these horrible accusations and the things that they may have done to each other, the violence, the drug use, the abuse, the verbal abuse, and Johnny Depp can't even look up at this woman that at one time he probably couldn't take his eyes off of. He was probably so riveted as we've all been with partners we've had in our lives. And I get why he's doing it. He he He's making a point. He doesn't want to give to her the energy. I think I understand his psychology. She's taken a lot from him uh, money-wise and, and his career and his reputation. And, and I could say he may have taken s- things from her too. I'm not trying to one-side this thing. But he probably psychologically went, you know what? The only thing left that I can use to hurt her or, or deprive her of is as he said in the trial, looking in my eyes, ever seeing my eyes again, and uh, put yourself in Amber's shoes. That is that is pretty tough. If you rewind the tape to what I talked about when things started, and it was the most beautiful thing in life, and now this this living, breathing organism that you you were just you adored, you would have probably taken a bullet for. Won't even look up and acknowledge you exist. And uh if that's Johnny's ploy to stick it to her, holy smokes, it's 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 effective, it's good. And she even said something about it on on the her last few moments up on the stand there. She said something to the effect, he won't even look at me. He won't even so you know it got to her. And in a way, if if Johnny feels that that justifies payback, then I guess he's allowed to do it. Is it cruel? Is it mean? Maybe, but did she do a bunch of cruel and mean things to him? Maybe, yes. Again, none of us know. We can all sit here and say, oh, you know, I, the judge said this and the lawyer said that and, and the friend said this and the chauffeur said that and Johnny's finger flew off and poked me in the eye and you don't know, you don't know, you really don't know, you you can guess, you can put the pieces together, and you can have assumptions, and you can have conclusions, but unless you're in that room, what really happened? Can you say with certainty? You can't, but in a court, I guess they try to prove certain things, but you remember the OJ trial? You remember this trial, you remember that trial? How many trials, how many justice system bloopers have occurred? And so just circling back to not, to not to be a Debbie Downer, I don't want to bring you so down you have to run out and get a rescue dog, for God's sake. Harlem brought me down so much. I just had to climb up this volcano and snatch this poodle. It was about to jump in. It had razor blades in its paws. It looked suicidal, but I rescued it. I rescued it because Harlan's podcast got so damn depressing. This isn't about depressing you. If anything, maybe it's to remind you about where everything started. And maybe if you're going through a conflict in your life with a partner, or maybe you're going through a tough spot with someone in your life, in your love life, is there a way you can you can rewind? You can look back and just remember the beauty and 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 the ecstasy of, of those opening moments, the time when you started, when you were attracted to each other. It's tough, man. It's tough to see something so beautiful with so much hope and potential de-evolve into a place where The only way these two ex-lovers can communicate is through fucking lawyers who, when you need them, are the greatest thing in the world. But even when you need them, can you believe talking to the love of your life through another human being and in the most sort of passive-aggressive way? it's uh it's a bit of a human tragedy that that this is where a lot of us end up. a lot of us have to go through and um you know, despite whatever Amber did to Johnny or Johnny did to Amber, my goodness, we're all fragile human beings, aren't we? And to to live at an accentuated level of life being an a-list movie star and a and a a screen a screen queen like amber it, it it just takes things to another level and uh to to see them have to go through all this um it's tough it's the tough side of of us human beings that we get to these places wish it could be different um because you know what happens is you go through these pinnacles, these moments, and eventually you roll through them and get to the other side, and you look back at them and you go, "What a waste! What a waste of my time! What a waste of my energy! What a waste! Why did we do all that?" And then you've got to carry around and harbor this kind of bad energy and this the this this storm you went through for the rest of your life and hope it doesn't affect you, and, oh, it's just sloppy. God, after saying all this, I really think I might need a rescue dog. I think I might need the biggest fucking rescue dog ever bred. I think I might need a St. Bernard or a Great Dane rescue dog. Is there a Great Dane that maybe had a canoe accident and went over some, some falls? You know, and he was struggling for his life and I would jump in and grab him and is there a is there some kind of deliverance dog that went down the river and is there can I get a dog that fell out of a helicopter to help me? <laughs> you know what? I think this is a good time. Someone get me the no you know what? Someone get me the where, where's my where's my nose tweezers? I'm getting emotional. I got to cry. Get the get the emotional. This is for Johnny Depp. And this is for Amber Heard. And this is for all of us. This is for all of humanity this is for Africa, this is for Russia, North America now, South America, here's one for Greenland, nobody cares about Greenland, but there's people there too, oh, that's a long one and it's green, uh, someone get someone now get me some Coca-Cola, because uh, holy moly, I need me some Coca-Cola, I think that should be their new ad slogan, right? Before I cut away, this is what I hate about modern day advertising. It's so flashy, it's so over the top, it's so overdone. It's so. Have you ever watched one of these uh, Super Bowl commercials? There's there's so much going on. You you don't even care about the product. Nothing sticks in your head. Do you remember one Super Bowl commercial? They try to get so flashy and big. But how about just a goofy guy like a hillbilly somewhere sitting on a rocking chair going, Holy moly, I need me some Coca Cola. <sniffs> Hell yeah, now let's go get me some catfish. Right? Holy moly, get me some Coca Cola. Yeah. And let's get some fresh sizzling beef to go with that Coca Cola. Uh, let's take a little break here. We are going to look at my hand-drawn T-shirts for this week. As you know, I draw my own T-shirts with by hand, right on the T-shirt, and I like to show them to you because you know it's my little artistic flair, and I want you to see them. So uh, let's take a look right now at my latest creations. Oh yeah, here we go. Time for another hand-drawn shirt by yours truly. And if you don't know, I draw my own t-shirts. I take Sharpie markers and I draw directly on the t-shirt. And if this shirt's still available, you can own it at harbling.com. So let's go ahead and reveal this week's hand-drawn Harlan t-shirt all right everybody here we go here's today's hand-drawn Harlan williams original shirts our first one is just this weird guy i call him casual guy it's kind of sort of a weird zombie dude with a with a polo shirt on i don't know there's something about him that's just sort of creepy but also relaxed so i call him casual guy and then over here This shirt's called Condominium Life. It's kind of a play on words, obviously. Condom-shaped high-rise condos. And, uh, yeah, that's today's Harlan Williams hand-drawn shirts. Casual guy and Condominium Life. Get them while they're hot. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, come on. Thank you. No, no, that, yeah, we're, we, oh, we, we are back. We are back. I uh, hope you enjoyed the t shirts. And, uh, man, we're having a good one today. It got a little, got a little deep there for a minute, um, talking about the human condition. But like I said, I think you're all humans watching, but I suspect there's probably a few alien life forms that, Want to check in on the Harlan Highway? I wouldn't blame them. It's it's a it's a very informative and cool place to be. So, uh, all aliens, you are welcome to watch my podcast. Gibbledygorp, gorp, slingled link, bumbledy dunkle Glingle blark, gimble fling Dirk plump, blingle pingle Whatever that means, um. But I wanted to talk about this because there's been a lot of, like, news lately uh, in uh, about UFOs. Uh, and, you know, I don't know if you believe in them. You probably should, but I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm not going to sit here and wiggle my finger at you and say, boy, now you better believe in extraterrestrials. Well, daddy going to come over there with a canoe paddle and wipe you upside your backside, son. Oh, we're going to stuff you down in the root cellar. We're going to make you eat raw Brussels sprouts for about three weeks. And then we're going to make you come upstairs, climb up the electrical pole, and play with the electricity now, son. And if you get fried, if you get country fried or city fried, or if you get sizzled like an old mixed-up squirrel, well, that's your penance for not believing in the old extraterrestrial rails. <laughs> what the hell am I? T- I think I got to do up a button for that one. Yeah, you just, uh, you, yeah, you guys just lost a little meat on that exchange, but um. Yeah, there's been a lot of, you know, they've been having some things in uh, Congress where they've been showing footage of uh, UFOs flying around and weird objects and people testifying. And, uh, you know, I believe there's something out there. I really do. But what I don't really buy into is these conspiracies or these theories that the aliens have been here and the proof is you ready for this? The pyramids the pyramids of Egypt, and the crop circles of Iowa. Yeah, let's go to exotic northern Africa and make some uh, pointy buildings. And then, I don't know, the night's early. Why don't we whisk off to uh, central USA and uh, swirl around in some cobs of corn? We'll make some crop circles. Let's go down to planet Earth and do some donuts. I mean, we are a highly intelligent species from trillions of galaxies away. We're so advanced, why don't we put up some triangle buildings and then we'll whisk off and uh, do some uh, donuts in uh, Uncle Crinkle's cornfield? I mean, I don't know, man. I'm really not convinced that, you know, if if you're coming in from uh, three trillion galaxies away, on a spaceship that goes in smoother than a uh, proctologist's uh, scalpel. I mean, you really you're com- you're coming to, to planet Earth to, to the desolate desert and you're putting up three pointy buildings, but your ship's made out of uh, you know uh, Kevlar, Sklerdink, uh, Blingledy Donk, uh, Meteor uh, grease. You know, your ship's made out of elements that uh, don't exist uh, within 20 zillion galaxies between us. And then you're going to come to planet Earth and uh, make pointy buildings with the most basic uh, building, uh, uh, building, uh, uh, I don't know what you call it, building, uh, what's what's the word? The most basic, oh man, I wonder if I'm getting blocked by aliens right now. The most basic building, not tools. I know you guys know this. You're way ahead of me. The most basic construction materials. I don't know if that's it. But anyways, what I'm talking about is building, pointing buildings with rock, okay? Chunks of rock, bricks of rock. Really? Your spaceship can fly through a black hole, come out the other side with turtle wax on it, and aliens partying on the hood? And you're gonna come to uh, you're gonna come to Earth and use the most uh, basic elements to build pointy buildings. Let's just make them out of rocks. Why waste our skivlar skolilar? We'll just use we'll use materials from this strange planet, and we'll let's take all this time to cut thousands and thousands of bricks and stack them. And when they just like. Like put down three like, you know, Kevlar, pointy thing. I don't know. And then all of a sudden now they're over in uh, they're over in uh, Minnesota, and they're over in uh, Wisconsin, they're down there in uh, Arkansas, landing their ships and doing donuts, making circles. What kind of message is that? Oh let's let's go down to you let's go down to earth and uh, let's put them on notice let's let them know that uh we're out here yeah let's uh what can we do to intimidate them and uh what's a good warning sign uh wait a minute circles how about, how about some circles that i mean if that doesn't fuck them up i don't know what well let's put some circles down. you know what i mean And then you you got these people that claim they've seen aliens and they've been abducted and they're scared of them. And what would you do? If you're out in your cornfield in the middle of the night, just whistling and listening to the cicadas have sex. (whistles) Yeah, that's a mating call, okay? Cicadas, when they make that noise, it's a mating call. Trust me, I tried it. I walked up to a woman in the park the other day. She was sitting on a bench. I merely walked up to her. I said, excuse me, ma'am. She called the police. Can a guy be romantic anymore? Can't a guy woo a woman anymore? Anyhow. I tell you what, if one of these aliens came out, and you know what they look like, right? They got that big, goofy head with the coconut cream pie eyes, and they got that giant forehead, I mean, bigger than Chardé. ever seen that singer, Chardet? Smooth operator, coast to coast, LA to Chicago, right? I'm not being mean, I'm just being factual. That woman might have the biggest, longest, widest forehead on planet Earth. And these aliens, they got the same thing going on. They got the full chardé. They got the bongo eyes. They got the chardé. <laughs> and I'll tell you what else they got. They got them long digits. Okay, look, look at my little koala fingers. Now add, uh, you know, six stories. Have you seen these, uh, the aliens with their elongated uh, asparagus fingers? Like, if, 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 if I was a, an alien, my finger would come to here. Okay, you've seen them. I don't know what kind of gear shifts they have on their ships, but for some reason they got, and I wonder how many of them have uh, killed themselves picking their noses. But uh, I'll tell you what, if those guys got off a ship and I'm out in my cornfield just wandering around looking for cicada love, and these guys open their door, and the light comes out, and they come walking out, and they got those uh, giant string bean greeny fingers. I'm ripping my shirt off, man. I'm ripping my shirt off. I'm grabbing a jar of Newman's Own, like, oil and vinegar salad dressing or something, and I'm laying down on the back of my John Deere, and I'm pouring it, and I'm saying, Massage me, you green bean fingered freak get those long creepy squid fingers of yours and rub me down give me a swedish deep tissue massage you extraterrestrial freaky bean fingered fucked up monster from hell <laughs> i'm telling you man i'm not letting those fingers go to away can you imagine the massage you would get from those freaks Oh, my God. It'd feel like your skin was moving around like a glacier on uh, on the back of Greenland. Wow. Yeah, just oil me up there, chief. Yeah, oh, yeah, right there, right there. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's right, E.T. Oh, right there, get my scapula, you bald-headed, green, wacky-eyed freak. Come on. Oh, yeah, get that vertebrae. Get that fourth vertebrae, you bulgy-eyed, bongo-headed. <laughs> what the hell, man? What was the thing? Holy moly, get me a cokey-coley. Was that it, or is that a new one? What was the other one? I think that was it. Holy moly, get me a Coke coley Hey, Marge, the aliens are here. Holy moly. Get me a cokey coley and bring out the Newman's own salad dressing. That's right. Tonight I want the ranch. I want the cucumber ranch, and let's get these bulgy-eyed, bongo-headed freaks to work with their freaky asparagus fingers over here. Oh, God. Too good, too good. Um, so, uh, so there you go. I think, I think we've covered a lot here today. I dare not even say another word, although sometimes visuals are fun. Um, but, uh, let me tell you about some things before we shut her down, before we peel off the exit ramp of the Harland. By the way, I want to thank, um, uh, Sourdough Johnson. Uh, He was here today, and uh, he was nice and quiet today. I appreciate that. He didn't jump in. He didn't say anything. Just kind of played it chill today, sourdough. Thank you, bro. And um, I wanted to say, uh, if you like the T-shirts you saw, don't forget you can go to harbling.com and uh, pick up an original. They're a little bit expensive because, they, think of it, they're original pieces of artwork I draw right on the shirt. So you now have the one and only original. It's like buying a painting. And by the way, paintings are a lot more. If these were paintings, they'd probably be 3000 bucks, But I charge like $100, $200 bucks for original drawings right on the T-shirt. And then if the T-shirt original is not available, you can order a print for a fraction of the cost. Also, if you like this show and you want some bonus stuff, go to my Patreon page. I have a Patreon page, which is a digital platform, patreon.com. Go to Google and type in Harland Williams Patreon, and it will take you there. And you can join up. It's like $5 a month, and you get all kinds of bonus material and podcast material and and art material and video material that I show exclusively there. Um, some really cool stuff. If you're digging what you uh, you see here, you'll really like my Patreon. So check that out. And also, please subscribe. Subscribe to the Harlan Highway podcast. We're trying to build all the viewers and the subscribers so we can do more and more. And I'm going to start getting some cool guests on here. Um, we got some fun people lined up that are going to be coming on as guests. You know, I'm still in the early stages of the podcast. I'm kind of feeling it all out. So that's why I've, I haven't had a lot of guests yet. But uh, they are coming. Trust me. And Charday will probably be the first one. Not. Um, and then go to harlandwilliams.com and check my uh, comedy schedule to see if I'm coming to a stand-up venue near you. And uh, I think that's it, man. I think that's it. Holy moly, get me a Coca Cola. I think we did pretty good today, don't you, everybody? I think we did pretty darn good. So thank you, thank you. So let's say goodbye. Uh, I want to thank you guys for being here. Please tell your friends to get on the Harlan Highway and uh, hope you had a good time. Be kind to each other. Don't forget that love. Talked about it earlier. Try and focus in on the good and not the bad. We're only here for a short time, so let's make it loving. Rescue a dog. Rescue yourself. Grow your fingers. And give yourself a rub down. And until next time, it's Harlan Williams saying, Chicken mean baby.